Hi there, welcome back this week. Before I jump into introducing Miss Sarah Elise to you, I wanted to remind you that tonight, tonight is the night. That's right. <laughs> My first workshop through the podcast, it's called How to Manage Your Energy. And I'm so excited, but there's only a few tickets left. So if this calls to you at all, make sure that you click the link in the bio as soon as possible and grab yours. Even if you can't join us live tonight at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, everyone will be getting the replay. The reason that I was led to create this course is because we have a lot of things going on in our life right now, right? In our world, in our planet, and it's only going to increase all of these things that are grabbing at us, pulling at us, you know, trying to mess with us constantly. And if we don't learn how to be self-sovereign in our energy, it's going to be a rough, rough ride. So be sure to join me tonight. You will learn how to protect, shift, and elevate your energy through practices, rituals, and even some fun, supportive crystals. So you will walk away with tools that you can utilize in your everyday life to govern your energy and to stay on top of it. Okay, so Miss Sarah Elise, first of all, I just, I can't even tell you how thrilled I am to share this interview with her. It was such an honor to have her on the podcast. I really respect Sarah. Make sure that you join her email list because the woman is a brilliant writer. I mean, just hands down. Um, writer, astrologer, the way that she sees the world and translates translates it is just well, it's something I could <laughs> I could enjoy for a very long time. So here is I'm gonna kind of share her bio with you, and then we're gonna jump into the show. So Sarah Elise began her astrological journey at the age of 21 when she met and trained with her first teacher, Deborah Silverman. Fast forward a few decades and Sarah recovered from a tier one corporate marketing career, runs a transformational evolutionary astrology practice from her home in Toronto, Canada. Her work has been described as soul therapy. It aims to help clients understand their intention as a soul in a body by putting words to the narrative tapestry of their life. Dedicated to lifelong learning, Sarah was mentored by Alan Oaken, studying esoteric astrology and the ancient wisdom teachings. She trained with Mark Jones, a practitioner of evolutionary astrology in the Jeffrey Wolf Green lineage, and with Dee Dee Furman as a psychosynthesis coach. She is currently working towards a spiritual psychotherapy degree and is enrolled in an advanced evolutionary astrology school in Spain. Lots of big words. I got through it without messing anything up. <laughs> anyway, I hope you so enjoy today's interview. Let me know what you think. I would love to hear. Thanks. Welcome to Soul Driven, a podcast dedicated to exploring the intersection of living a soulful and spiritual life in a driven and ambitious world. Join me for life inspiration, practical how-tos, and interviews with people who are successfully living a soul-driven life. 
My name is Anna Hendricks, and I am your host. Thank you for being here. Welcome back, and thank you for joining us for another Soul Driven interview. These interviews are with people from all walks of life who have discovered their true purpose and are living it out every day. Today, I'm excited to introduce Sarah Elise to the podcast, who is a transformational, evolutionary astrologer and spiritual life coach. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Hi, nice to see you, Anna. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate being here. No, I'm so thankful to have you on the show. Um, for those who don't know, and that's probably everyone, Miss um, Sarah read my astrology chart back in May, I think, perhaps. Um, and it was such an incredible experience. I begged her to come and be a guest on this show. So I'm very excited to have her. Yay! And um, so we'll just dive right in. So my first big question, what mm -hmm. makes you soul driven? What makes me soul driven? Um, well, <laughs> um, that's such a great question. Is it what makes me soul driven or what made me soul driven? Like what was the moment when I became soul driven? Like what was the when, like, cause I can remember the moment I decided I remember the moment I decided that's it. I'm choosing my soul. There is no, there's no moment to be wasted. This life is too short. I am not going to stand for being asleep ever again. There's something way bigger, way more important, way more real and way more interesting to discover in myself than I've known up until this point. And I just had this realization and I just knew without a shadow of a doubt, that I was gonna hunt that, that awakeness or that soul or that reality for the for as long as it took. And I would do everything in my power to bring it awake and bring it alive in my life. And so so that was the moment I decided. And then from that moment on, I think, you know, what makes me soul driven is just this continual desire, like a, like without it being sort of like a and I'm I'm terrible or there's something wrong with me because there's nothing wrong with me but I have this very healthy intrinsic um, need to be in continuous up it like continuous improvement with my in my alignment and in my attunement to my soul so that I can be better and better capable of being in service because I, I really can't figure out any other reason to be here. I mean, except for joy, love and pleasure and, and like and experiencing life and like having wonderful ex experiences in nature and things like that. And, and, you know, sex is really nice and all that stuff. But I think the most important thing is to be connected and to be in heart and then to and then to find a way to be extending out so that I can illuminate or enliven other people's lives as well, like to help them wake up too. So to be in service. All capital letters like preach and yes. And when you shared the first part about when you first, like when you were made soul driven, like when you chose your soul, everything was coming alive inside of me because I have screamed all of that out myself. Like, no more. I will not accept this. I will only 
Like I will chase it down. I know that there is better than this. Like forget it. This is not where I'm hanging out. Like I love that. I love that. How old were you? I was 21. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. I was 21. It wrecked my whole life. I will not, I will know, like, there's no bones. Like, it completely messed me up. Like, my whole path that I was on got destroyed. I had to give everything up. I, I, all my dreams, you know, done, gone. I had to give everything up and leave. Like, I just had to focus 100% on that. So it wasn't, it wasn't an easy choice by any means, but it was the only choice I could make. And I, and I couldn't have possibly explained it to anybody either. It was like a very personal, personal decision, you know? Interesting. So, yeah. So when you chose this for yourself, everything fell apart because of course you couldn't accept regular life anymore. Was that? Yeah, I, it, my, my focus or my objective or my goal became so one pointed. And I knew that it was it that was like all that actually mattered. So the society stuff, right? The I was in school, I was doing a degree, like all, all of these things, these things like that you're supposed to be doing at the age of 21, like starting your professional life and starting to think about money and all of this kind of stuff. I just had to I, I just had to sweep it away. Like there was a part of me that just had to go no. And in fact I actually ended up um leaving society for a while. Like just leaving, getting out, like not having, uh, being homeless, <laughs> traveling. I, I just like left with $100 in my pocket and my Toyota Corolla with a broken window. And I drove down south into California and I just didn't come back. I disappeared for about a year and a half. And I just, I went into just deep prayer, right? I don't think that, like that's maybe a little extreme of a story but it was it was um like i just needed to completely die and be reborn and it was like the only only way i could figure out how to do it was to sort of leave society and and follow follow this other impulse and then i came back in and i and i normalized and i became a normal human again and i you know finished figured it all out but it was yeah (laughs) at the time it was a it was a significant break in the plan in the planned direction in the trajectory that I was on I had to stop hard stop and and make a decision and and there was about a year wherein I was just doing intensive spiritual practice every single day and in that time like the 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 awakening was so powerful that by by the end of that period I I really was very clear on the choice. It wasn't even like I was worried about it or wishy-washy about it. I just did not go back for my fourth year in university. I mean, they called me, the director of my program was begging me to come back, right? Like it was a stupid thing to do, but I I just, there was no other option for me. I just knew that that was the decision I had to make. And I, and I went off and, and found myself. And I, and I feel like when I came back into society, I was sovereign. And I've been sovereign all these years after. Even though I went back, I got a commerce degree, I got recruited, I went to Procter & Gamble, I wore a little suit, I wore some high-heeled shoes, I went down to like Tampa, Florida on big business meeting, <laughs> I sold Crest toothpaste and always Tampax, and like I did all that stuff, you know? But I was never not sovereign. Do you understand? Like I, I, had, I claimed myself. And then I made decisions as to where I wanted to put myself and I made those decisions consciously, but it was my decision. And I was like, I was complicit in the decision. I think before you have that awakening, 
your choices are often dictated by the culture that you're in and the family that you're from and your subconscious impulses and you don't really know why and you kind of fall into things and or at least that's how I was I didn't even I didn't know shit from Shinola I was like completely confused and messed up like I I would have ended up somewhere eventually right but when I when I when I decided to dedicate my life to my own soul it just um like it was like reclaiming my power that's awesome that's really powerful i was i was you know i didn't have such a uh i didn't have such like one pointed event like that in my life um other than just i think i just it was something i grew up with something i just always knew like i'm here to serve I'm, I'm here for a purpose. I don't know what that is. Regular life does not work. I mean, like you could not get me to go to school in high school. <laughs> you know, um, the principal would walk me to class and I would abruptly leave as soon as I could. It was just like, you guys aren't teaching me anything that I can actually wow. use. Um, and then of course I didn't follow the, the path either. So I totally get that. But I feel like your story feels so much, I, spent a long time searching and I think not wasting time, but certainly not being as intentional as what it sounds like your story was, which I think is really incredible because it gave you this ability. Well, let me back up. I think that, you know, when we go through these spiritual awakenings, it's so easy for us to get caught up in that spiritual awakening. And we think that like, that's where we have to exist, right? In, in like the ethereal, in the spiritual, but like there is real life and like we are here to do real life. And so at some point we do have to like rejoin real life and, and like, you know, have a job or whatever the case may be, pay bills, you know? Um, but I think that that's so incredible that that happened for you at such a young age. And then so you were able to bring it with you through this entirety of your life. I went to sleep to some extent in my late 20s. Like I, I did dumb it down a little bit, but I never lost it. I was always awake within the dream. So that was the difference, right? When I decided to go and I was recruited out of university by P&G. And I remember I was in my second year and I, you know, and university was even a very different experience the second time around, right? Because when you wake up and you're in a sovereign position, when you're in sovereignty, you can do anything you choose to do. There are no limitations. Anything I put my will to, I would be able to achieve it. Yeah. And so they're like, you're smarter. There's like a whole other level to your brain that opens up, right? When it's you're like awareness, right? Totally. Yeah. It's awareness. And, and people really don't understand, I think, that the lower analytical mind only gets you so far. Yeah. It really is very limited. You can be a genius, professor, scientist, whatever, like Nobel Prize winning genius person and only ever hang out in your lower mind and sure you've come, you know, you're brilliant and you can write an incredible essay and you can like do research. But when you expand beyond that to the higher mind, there's like this grace and this presence and this awareness and things just open up to this whole other level and life doesn't, I don't know, it's just, it's like, it's like you're becoming part of like a greater dance or there's like this opportunity to bring yourself to life in this new way and everything becomes possible so so the the when like the first time i was in university everything was difficult 
right? It was really, really, really painful. It was hard. I had to work really hard. I had to, it was so difficult. The second time I was in university, I, I only, I merely had to decide that I was going to do it and then it was done. I had to put the effort in. I had to do the work, but there was an easefulness. And there was a difference between me and all the other students. Like, not only was I an older student by that point, right? Because I'm like 25 and I'm not 20 anymore. But um, I, I just had a different level of, of command of myself. And I, I, I've noticed that all the way along. Like, even in the corporate world, I, I always felt like there was a part of me that was separate or a part of me that was like, like I would have, I would be having these little adventures with myself, like, um, and I don't know how many personal stories I should tell about P&G, because I don't want them to come back and haunt me. But I like implicitly remember um, that I was far more interested in could I get my manager to fall in love with me, to trust me and to open her heart. That was my goal, rather than can I put out a sales document that rocks our quarter. So like the games that I was playing with myself in that environment were spiritual. Yeah. Right? Even though I was doing the mundane work that they required of me and I and I performed well for years. I, I did great. Like it wasn't a problem. But there's like this whole other level of reality that kicks in. Yeah. Which was really, really nice. So before we kind of jump in here, I wanted to ask you. Um, mm if you could define evolutionary astrology for us. Cause I know that some folks who are going to be listening, like aren't going to understand kind of that. Is it, is it a branch of astrology? Yeah. Or? I think it's a called, I think, I guess it's like a branch of astrology. Okay. Yeah. I will, um, I will let, let you explain. <laughs> it's a way of looking at the charts. So, you know, astrology is a very, it's an ancient art and science. It's been here for all of time, as far as we know. We've always been looking up at the stars, trying to figure out our place in the cosmos. We've used the stars to create calendars. We've used the stars to create schedules for crops and for agriculture and for understanding ourselves. Um, and there is a basic astrological um, nomenclature through, through for thousands of years of history. Um, and, you know, as far as I, I, I modern day astrology is broken into many 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 different branches you can you know there's medical astrology there's mundane astrology there's predictive astrology there's vedic astrology there's all these different ways you can use astrology to answer a multiple different questions that you might have um, depending on what you're looking for evolutionary astrology is a very particular branch um, it's not super popular um, but because of some kind of leaders in the in the field it's becoming a little bit more so and but, but it's 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 a type of astrology that helps us to understand um, what the evolutionary intention is of a, of the soul who's incarnating into this lifetime. So it's a psychological branch of astrology, but not psychological on like it's not just about you get mad when someone does this and this is how that might feel. Like it's not like a psych going like it's it, it does have that element to it. But it, it's deeper than that. Like it's like the, the the actual real deep reason why your soul came in this lifetime. What are the lessons you came to learn? What are the the core complexes that you're chewing through? And these are the things that like we all have. We all have this. Like it, it, when you're alone, when you go off by yourself and no one is around you, and you are 100% just you with you. 
you will go to a certain place inside yourself again and again and again, right? There will be certain things or certain fears or certain questions that always come back. They're like repetitive, almost obsessions in a lot of ways. And these are the, these are the meaty things that your soul, if you could look at yourself from this higher perspective, you would see that, there's a, that, that you're on a certain place on the evolutionary wheel of, of being a human being and that your soul has come in with an intention to understand yourself in this very specific way and that this may play out on the conscious level as repetitive thoughts or repetitive lessons that keep coming and that they bother me and they feel bad and I have to do something about you know like we perceive pain as bad because the only reason we perceive pain as bad is because it's there to like the impetus is to then change right it gives us an impetus to change and that impetus to change is our desire to grow and evolve so therein lies the key of evolutionary astrology it's about understanding why the soul entered where they're at when they come in and what their intention is for their evolutionary path and what they're trying to go toward and you know nothing is as clear or as black and white as i come in here and i leave here like that's a very simplistic way of looking at it the soul's journey is very nuanced and it and these things happen simultaneously but there is generally in 3D reality a start, a middle, and an end. So we can look at astrology through an evolutionary reading and we can piece out the, the, the pieces of the, of the path and we can look at the astrological timing of things and we can say, um, we, can, we can help you maybe orient or understand or recognize the constellation of your own map right of where is your true north where's your northern compass point being pointed oh it's that really i've always wanted that more than anything else in my entire life and i never so that's my purpose really but i knew that i just wasn't willing to admit it wow am i ever lucky now i can give myself full permission to really be what i've always wanted to be and it's not going to be simple. It's not going to be easy all the time, but I can go there. I can, I can try. I can, I can affirm it, right? I can see myself now. Like now I see this is not for nothing. I'm here on purpose. There is a reason. This is an intention. I'm learning this lesson. Okay. Whew, I got it. I'm okay with it. <laughs> I can handle this, right? And and then you and then you kind of like feel like you're just like buoyed up and you're a little bit more empowered and you have a little bit more self-awareness and and there you go. And that's it. As far as I can tell, that's the purpose of it. I have a lot to say, but <laughs> um so in that regard so with astrology kind of in general and this is just kind of a nerdy question. Yeah because it's it's kind of mapping out this like step one, step two, whatever the case may be, or like these points on a map, like where does our human um, ability to uh, free will mm. and fate come in to this in regards to what our astrological, you know, hand quotations map might say. You ask some deep questions, Miss Double Sagittarius. <laughs> She's like, tell me the truth. Just tell me the truth. 
Um, I want to know all things. <laughs> I think about this like all practically every single day. I'll share with you what I figured out. Like I, I certainly can't like claim to know what is like the truth. I don't yeah. know. I'm trying to figure it out, right? This is my journey as well. And it's such an exciting one, but I'll share with you what I figured out. Okay, so let's piece this question out because there's a couple things you asked. You asked about free will and you asked about free will as it pertains to the birth chart. And then you asked about fate. And is that is that it? Is that Am I getting that right? Yes. Yeah. OK, because like, there's a couple of different pieces that are coming together here. I, first of all, I want to address free will, OK? I don't know that we have that much free will in terms of who, like we don't really have a lot of free will in terms of our blueprint. Like, I think we're pretty fixed and I, I've given thousands of readings. I can tell, I can tell you that it's, it's, it's kind of, it's just kind of there, right? Like there, it's like locked and loaded. There you go. That's it. Like, this is your constellation. You're a snowflake. No one else is quite like you, right? You'll bring your soul to the snowflake. You'll, you'll, you'll project yourself through your astrological shape, your, your archetypal pulse is going to be your very own based on your own soul but um but it's kind of fixed but within that snowflake there's a lot of choice however the choice has to do more with what you and i were talking about very first you asked me what was the exact wording of the question how do you live a sulfur life or how what was what the makes exact... you soul driven what makes you soul driven okay so that kind of um, begs the question, is everybody soul driven? And do you think the answer is yes or no? What do you think? So um, I don't actually, I don't. You don't think everybody is soul driven? Uh, well, the way that I define soul driven is like under, like being connected with your soul and driving your life on that path, whether you're a mom, whether whatever the case may be. Yeah. You know, when you've connected basically with your purpose, I guess. Yeah. So I definitely don't think that everyone has that, although I do think everyone has the ability to do that. Yes. And therein lies free will. Okay. That's where we can apply our will. You don't have to. Right. You can just play by default or you can play by design. And if you want to play by design, it takes a lot of discipline and it's it's a big responsibility right so if i can share with you for one moment i'd love to share with you actually a story which i think will actually help a lot in this question because it's such a complicated question so there was this moment in time when i was younger and this was the defining moment of my life this was actually the reason why i had to leave society was because i had this experience and then after i came back from this experience i'm like <laughs> can't go back now <laughs> damn <laughs> that was big so I was taken out of my body and I was taken like out of the planet and I'm hang like it was like significant right this I'm not I wasn't making this up I was hanging out up above the planet on what felt like a sh it felt like my own line 
Like it felt like I had a long line of chakras and that this was a place of me, but a place of me that was like way out there. Like it was me though. And it was just me in a different form. And I, and I felt like I was this fluttering little um, dragonfly form or something. Like I was just, everything was vibration and I was so light. And I had this powerful energy with me that was communicating through me and communicating to me. So it, and, and it communicated completely telepathically. So it was all through just knowing and, and imagery and understanding that was all simultaneous. And it was showing me the earth and I was looking at the earth and the earth was like this beautiful globe, like those pictures you would see from outer space. Exactly like that, I could see, but for some reason in my looking at it, I could see all the people on the planet all at once. I could see the billions of people on the planet. And I was shown that, and I was told that there is enough abundance on this planet for every single living thing. That there is 100% enough for everybody. And then I was shown that the structure of a human being is like, is like um, we have this cord of light that runs through the center of our body, okay? And it connects us to the, from the center of the earth all the way up into the heavens. I don't know where it goes, maybe the center of the galaxy, I don't, I don't know. But there's, there's this like line of light and it feels kind of like it's our blueprint or it's our unique self, right? It's kind of like our divine, I called it the divine line. Other people call it different things. I'm not, I didn't make this up. Other people talk about this. This is not my own creation. I didn't make, I'm, I'm not inventing this, right? Like this is, this is affirmed and reflected in many, many wisdom teachings. So, I mean, at the time I didn't know that, but you know, over the years I've learned that this is just a standard truth. We have a divine line and that for the vast majority of people on the planet, they're broken out of their divine line, right at the solar plexus between the heart and the solar plexus. So like, they're almost like, Ugh. and you know, those pictures of like the Cro-Magnon man where he's like an ape and then he gradually stands up and becomes human. Yeah. Well, most people are animal men because they're living in their lower three chakras. They're living in only half of their divine line. And so their energy is referencing only in the lower self and on the earth plane, okay? They haven't connected to their divine line. They haven't, they haven't connected to the heart. We don't actually become human beings until we come into the heart. And then we connect to the higher mind and the intuition and the spirit and the soul. Ding, right? And then, we, then we're like a whole system. And at, when we're only in the lower self and in the, in the animal man, we're living by instinct and we're living by primal instinct and we're living by the rules of nature, which are all around lack and distribution of like unfair distribution of resources. And I've got to take from you because if I don't take from you, I'm not going to have. So I'm going to take what you got and it's me versus you. And we're going to fight because like, this is my territory and these are my, this is my woman and I'm going to keep her or mine. And like, you know, it's like, it's like, whoa, it's so primal. It's kind of exciting, but at the same time, it really lends itself to a lot of disparity, a lot of greed, a lot of lust, a lot of the sins that we were given in the Bible and the Old Testament, like all of this, all these sins are living down in these three chakras. And it's true when we're living out of these chakras, there's poverty. When we're living out of these chakras, we've got like the 0.3% of wealth on the planet owned by like four people or whatever ridiculous disparity there is at that level, right? And where you have people starving in the street and children dying at the other end. Because there's a, there's a, there's a certain propensity toward hoarding and greed 
and suffering when you're only living in those three chakras. And that's what you know. That's what you know. That's what the masses know. That's what you know. And then you have a moment of waking when you wake up and you look outside of it and you say, wow, is that real? Is that it? Is that all there is? And, and if you're lucky, and we're very lucky, you and I, we're really lucky. Like we're really lucky that we're not in Myanmar and we're not living in a village where we're afraid of our lives, right? And we're really, really blessed in this life to be living where we're living and to be you know, incarnated into the families that we incarnated into and to have the educations that we have and to have the privilege that we have, okay? So for you and I, maybe it wasn't such a hard thing to wake up. But imagine if you're living in a slum outside of the airport in Mumbai. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Like there's, there's sure. certain realities of life where, <laughs> but that's- well, How do you it. have time to think about the spiritual when you're just trying to stay alive or you're just it, trying to it, eat or feed your children or, you know? And you're, and you're picking garbage off of a, you know, just to survive. So anyway, I'm not getting this, I'm getting a little off track. Um, I think the point of what I'm trying to say is we have the free will to live from our heart or to live from our lower self to live from our astral field and our lower mind. Like the lower mind is the strategy maker and the astral field is the astral emotional body that tells us that we need something, that we want something and that we need to get it because it's for us and it's gonna protect us. So we strategize about how we're gonna get what we want. And that's basically what we do. I'm gonna strategize, how am I gonna get that promotion? How am I gonna get that car? How am I gonna get that guy to like me? How am I gonna get this house? How am I gonna do, like, how am I gonna get that? I don't have it now. I, I'm lacking something. How am I gonna? How am I gonna lose those ten pounds? Like, what am I gonna do? How am I gonna do it? It's like, it's it's very self, all about the self, and it's all about what I don't have and how am I gonna get it. But when we make the choice to come into the heart and to connect to the higher self, like the whole game changes. And what I was shown is that when we do that, when we come into the divine line all resources equalize and and everything is balanced so that you actually get what you need yeah not what you want what you want is based on a lie anyway what you need is based on your highest good yeah, and that a is a big difference and i'm not talking about having to go without or being uncomfortable i'm talking about being in alignment and being in love and being in service and, and, and coming into this relationship with each other where we're equals on this earth and where we take responsibility for our sovereignty, right? For ourselves. And that, that was the utopic spiritual economy lesson that I got that kind of set me off on my path, right? That, you know, it took me like 20 years to figure out how I was even going to put that into words, but, and not let alone like live it. And I'm, I'm still kind of like, I'm still figuring out how to live that every day so when you talk about free will like i i i perceive my will my my responsibility is to that line that's my primary responsibility where i apply my will because if i apply my will i want to get that or i want to get that and and i do like i want to go to the grocery store and i want to eat this for lunch i mean i'm not saying we don't like it's you know we we live our life right like i have a goal i want to build my business or i want to do that or i want my child to have this or you know i'm a human right like i live on human reality but when it comes to my free will my real free will 
that's where I try to put my time and effort and that's what I always I always caveat everything I want with if it but only if it is in the highest good like so I try to always bring things back into line do you know do you know what I mean so that I can tailor so that the decisions I'm making are somehow kind of in my own energy flow right and I and I try to like recognize why I want certain things and why I don't and where it's coming from like so I question my desire nature a lot and 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 that is where I apply my free will like it I, I know that's not a very sexy answer like there are a lot of people out there who are all about manifest your desires and do this and build that and I'm like oh I almost wish I could do that but <laughs> honestly, maybe I'm just not advanced enough yet but I honestly just feel like the only thing that I want to put all my heart and soul into is like this inner prayer and then if I pray that inner prayer I know I'm going to be okay and then I'm going to know exactly what I need to do in the moment when I need to do it and there's like this flow or this easefulness and things come to me and opportunities come for me and clients come and the feedback comes and I'm and I receive the feedback and then I make slight changes and and then I you know do you know what I mean like it's like a it's like I'm almost it's like a everything is energetic it's like all this these these little calculations that are being made all the time yeah. recalibrations that are being made all the time but I I don't feel like it's that complicated and I also don't feel like I have much of a chance at being anything other than who I am that this is really what I came here to be and I just might as well give up and be it yeah that's it no I love that and I think that, that quite frankly illustrates it very well um, in regards to what that difference is so when you this happened to you at 21 and then at 22 you met Deborah Silverman, who, for those who don't know, I mean, I was reading her astrology books when I was like young, young, and you met her at 22, correct? And this like yeah. changed your life. So did you, did you know astrology before then? Or was this something you kind of like bumped into or, or how did that happen? Yeah, I was studying Mayan astrology, actually. I was really interested in Mayan astrology. So I was studying that. And I've always just really been very interested in psychology um, and in understanding human nature. And then I met Deb and for some reason she just fell in love with me and I fell in love with her and she took me under her wing and she became my mama and she brought me down to California with her and I helped her take care of her son Daniel who was like four years old. And in exchange, um, she trained me. She just like drove me around in her car, her little beater. And she recorded these sessions of like teaching me all that she knew about astrology. She just downloaded it into a tape recorder and I had an old school little tape and I would just take my notes and listen and follow her around like a little puppy dog wagging my tail. I think she must have been like 38 years old or 39 years old at the time. Like she's pretty young and she was a professional astrologer. She was nowhere near as successful as she is today, but she was still very successful for the times like 1997 being a professional astrologer, right? Like it was like very significant. Yeah. And I don't know how I got so lucky, except that we vibrationally attract what we need when we need it. Yeah. And so she was one of two teachers who came to me at that time. And the other one has since passed off the earth. But Deborah is still with me and she's still my teacher. She's still my mentor. She's still my employer. She's still my friend. And I'm really in service to her um, at a profoundly deep level because I know we're on the same mission. We just do it in different ways. We're on like we're different parts of the same team. Right. So 
it's just like a recognition that we're here for something else. Like we're here, we're here on a mission to help humanity in some way. And that that's the, that's the, that's the thing that binds us and that she's created this amazing company. She has this globally, she's famous. She's like, she's created this amazing astrology school online. She has this incredible community. People follow her. She's got like YouTube and fans and hundreds of thousands of people love Deb and, you know, it's great. She's an amazing human. Like I, I hope that she's um, spreading the word to thousands of people. I think that's her purpose. Like she's like, I always call her the Madonna of astrologers. Because you know how Madonna just like changed culture? Like she just came through with her bustiers and her like little pimple mole thing and she just like sexed it up and she was like, she just, Jay, everyone was like, what just happened? I'll never be the same again. And that's kind of what Deb does to people. Like I'll never be the same again. Like she just blows people's minds and wakes she's people up. evolutionary astrologer? No, she's not an evolutionary astrologer at all. So I took this in a different direction because of who I am and my own, my own interests. Yeah. And the, like the way I work, um, we, but, but I still mentor for her. I teach for her and I do uh, readings on her website. She'll always send me the, the like the spiritual people <laughs> or the really You're a very spiritual person. So that's a good fit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and she has a, she has an amazing roster of certified astrologers of all different types who like who serve anybody, like, I mean, anybody at all levels of consciousness from like single moms to business people to, you know, uh, it, it doesn't matter to teenagers. Like she's got an incredible team and she works with so much integrity. The people who work for her have so much integrity and it's an honor to be part of her organization actually. But yeah, I do other stuff like my, my direction on my own is a little bit different. And you were, so you were in corporate for a while too, before you kind of signed on as a full-time astrologer. Um, yeah. How long did that take? 100%. And why, why did it, why did it take you um, longer to, or why did it take you a while to jump into astrology full-time? Well, like I said, I went back to sleep. Like I really did. I really did. Like I came back in, I came back in and, uh, I thought, you know, I gotta, I gotta figure out how to make money and I gotta figure out how to support myself and I gotta be a normal adult and this is my responsibility. I'm part of this, part of the society. You know, I don't wanna live as an outsider. I don't wanna live as a hippie. I'm not a hippie. That's not my identity. And I went back to school and I did a business degree and I got recruited and I went to school and I met my ex-husband and um, I started working for P&G and I, and I just like put my head down and I did it. I thought that's what, what I was supposed to do. I really did. Like I really didn't think I had another option actually. I thought this, surely this is what it means to be successful. I have to do this to survive. This is what it means. This is, this is my objective. I'm going to, I'm going to make money and make sure that I'm not on the street. Like, Were you right? Happy I'm gonna, that what's that? Were you happy during that time? Miserable. I, well, no sort of happy I'm, I'm I'm sort of happy like I liked it I I guess I liked it sometimes I liked some parts of it because I liked playing corporate I liked that costume I liked the character that I was playing sometimes and I liked putting my brain toward interesting problems mm -hmm. right and I liked being creative so I would you know try to problem solve or be creative and and dress in nice clothes and I liked that <laughs> <laughs> and 
and it's kind of and it is kind of as shallow as it sounds <laughs> right that is I mean that was it like I like there nothing else there for me I was like wow this really isn't very fun um, well, but, but we we're we're taught this this is what is shown to us as normal I mean that you know like from birth like this is what we see and then we assume that like especially if you get a job where like you get to dress nice when you go to work and you get to wear nice clothes but like you made it you know and right like, like, you are giving me lots of money and i've got a car and i've got like an, yeah you made it that's, that's what we think is like hey you've hit success and that's why i feel like you know especially right now in our culture and especially with everything that's going on right now. I mean, that was one of the big reasons that I started this podcast was because I felt this like huge shift where so many people, and I know I've hit it myself too. I mean, I, with my marketing agency, it's been a six figure business, you know, like, I mean, I've hit these places in my life even where like I have all the success, but then it's like, why am I still incomplete? Why am I still missing? What is going on? You know, and then it's that that other other part of us that you were kind of talking about, you know, reawakening or awakening for the first time. Um, because it is, it's so we're we're literally taught that that is the basis of our life. You know, that we follow that programming, and if we do it, then we should just be happy as pie. Yeah, exactly. Or we should just go home and watch TV and have dinner and go to bed and then get up and do it again the next day. Yeah. And there's really no other purpose to life. And we'll that's a very, out. a lot of people actually really, really do do that. And I, and I feel like what's, and then they try to meaning make within that. I mean, I've, I've watched like people who try to make meaning, you know, one of my girlfriends who is the brand manager on Downey, <laughs> or Bounce, I can't remember which one. She said, well, I'm just trying to make people's lives a little softer. <laughs> and I'd be like, yeah, man, you are. And she'd smile, but you knew it was a little tongue in cheek because she knew. She she knew. I would have been like, do you, do you believe? What do you do? <laughs> no, she, she was joking, but you know what? She was joking. Yeah. Because you have to make meaning. Meaning makes life. Yeah. Meaning yeah. is, without meaning, we're, we, are, we are dead. Without totally. hope. We are nothing. Yeah, yeah. We have to have meaning. We yeah. have to have hopefulness. And so we have to create meaning wherever we are. And I don't even know, to be honest with you, whether it's so much about the structural thing that we're doing or if it is literally about that alignment. Yeah. You know? 1,000%. 1,000. I mean, that's what I like when I think about like the folks that I want to have on this podcast. I know I shared with you, it's like, it's, it's, it's more about, again, the fact they've connected with their soul, the fact that, you know, they living, they're living out their purpose. And I think that looks different for everybody. There's no like blueprint for like, you need to run away when you're 21 and, you know, or refuse to attend high school or, you know, none of these things. I mean, like there's, there's no one story that's better than another. They're just our stories. And as long as we are connected with that, and I mean, like, like mothers, you know, I, I feel like oftentimes I come across this anyway, especially, you know, because I'm an entrepreneur, when I ask a woman what she does, you know, if she's a stay-at-home mom, she's like, well, you know, I'm just kind of a mom. And it's like, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> there is no higher calling, you know, like there is no harder job. I mean, 
don't say that quietly. That's huge. And if that is what you love and that is your purpose, then like, awesome, right? It just doesn't matter what we do. It's all about if we're connected to that or not. Yeah, it's what, it's what we bring to what we do. Because that's what's going to determine whether, whether we're happy or not. Yeah. If what we bring to what we do is our truth and is our soul and is our, is our heart, and we can make meaning out of working at, at a grocery store. We can make meaning out of working at a coffee shop. We can make meaning out of cleaning the school after hours and being a janitor. We can make meaning out of anything if the heart is engaged and if we're happy doing it. If we have like a connection to our heart and our soul, life becomes meaningful intrinsically. Um, intrinsically. So and it's interesting, after I quit Proctor, I became a stay-at-home mom. That's what I did for my, that's what I was. That's what I became. And I left P&G, um, like I think I was, after my second child was born, I just quit after my mat leave was done. And I, I just quit and uh, couldn't go back. Um, and I, at the time, like I, it, it took me years and years and years before I went back to astrology and started to do something like to make money or whatever, um, because I really felt like the place my soul wanted to be was loving my children and giving them 100% of my energy and serving their needs and making sure that they were sound and making sure that they were like held and that they were protected and that they were nurtured and that they were, you know what I mean? Like that became my whole reason for being for a few years there. Yeah. I gave, I gave that my all. Well, I definitely, I had uh, Mark Schaefer who was on the podcast and he's actually a Gemini too. Um, yeah. But he- uh, Mark Schaefer, I know that name. He's a, like probably one of the best marketers on the planet. Really? What does he do? Marketing, like um, all kinds of marketing strategy and blogging. He's got a podcast about marketing. He's just, he's, he's been around since, I mean, I got in the game and marketing in like wow. 2010 and he was, he was all, he was starting to pop up then. Like his name was starting to pop up. But he shared, you know, and I, I thought it was, I thought it was really brilliant and, and very much aligned that like our purpose changes, you know, through life. And yeah. I feel like you just kind of touched on that. It's like this, this was your purpose for this period of your life. You yeah. Know? And I think again, that's, that's why like, it's about the connection piece because the doing of it will constantly be changing, right? Yeah, totally. If this totally. was connected for you at that point in time, then boom, you know? Yeah, but like, don't, like, don't misunderstand me. Like, they're, like, when I had my awakening, it was really clear. But I came back. Like, I came back down. Like, I had to go deep, deep into, like, being a human being for a really long time before I could come back up and reclaim that. Yeah. Like I had to do all my healing and I was like as screwed up as anybody else out there. I just had this little piece inside that was like, I'm still here. I'm still awake. I know what's happening. I'm watching, I'm observing. And I had the observer and it was just watching all of the crazy, but trust me, there was years and years and years of crazy. So lest I like put off this image of like, like, do you know what I mean? Like it, 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 that I somehow like breezed through my life as some kind of enlightened master or something. Like that's like the fart <laughs> root. Like never even a moment of like never a moment. Like I was messed up. And every choice I made was heart wrenching. 
That's, but I, but I, but yeah, I had to continuously make these choices based on what I knew to be true and what my soul wanted me to do. Like I had a dream that was the reason I left Procter and Gamble. It had to come to me in a dream. I didn't want to leave. I really didn't. I was. It was security. It was money. It was a pension. It's a great company, right? Like who would leave a made career at Procter and Gamble? That's just ludicrous. Like it's a difficult company to get hired into, you know? It's not easy. And and I and I was made. Like there I was. I they weren't going to fire me. And I had this dream and in the dream it was like this tribunal court. It was an environmental court and it was like a post-apocalypse court where we were it was post-climate change and there was this room full of people and they were all um stand like they were all sitting around and then there was a stand at the front and one by one they would bring up influencers business people oil barons corporate leaders politicians people from the old world from before the change from before the fall the environmental collapse and they would question them and they would add and it was like a war crimes tribunal basically saying why didn't you do something different why didn't you make a different choice? Why did you keep doing what you were doing? And they just brought them up and I watched as they brought up my colleagues from P&G onto the stand. And as I was watching them being questioned, it came very clear to me that they hadn't known that they were ignorant. They, they didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know what they were contributing to. They had no clue that the work that they were doing every day was resulting in environmental degradation and chemical um, degradation and and cultural degradation across the planet they didn't know they were just simple nice people showing up for work every day and taking care of their kids and that there was nothing wrong with that and then in the but it but i knew that i was different like i did know i did know i did ask these questions right i could see things differently and then at that point that was my soul telling me get the hell out of this company you can't stay here if you stay here you are now accountable for the yeah. harm that you are consciously contributing to so it took that for me to leave like i didn't want to listen even though like for a year after i went back after my first mat leave i cried every single day on my way to work in the car i sobbed Wow. I still didn't want to, I didn't want to, I couldn't quit. It was like the handcuffs were like, you know, it was not an easy thing to do. So, but I did it. I did it. Thank God. Yeah. That's yeah. a pretty intense dream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a really intense dream. So how, okay. I guess I kind of want to switch directions a little bit and kind of talk with you about the um just the role you play as an astrologer okay let's lighten it up a little bit <laughs> let's get rid of all this intensity um yeah i'm an astrologer and um the role <laughs> an astrologer is what we we, um, we were like talking for what 30 minutes before we even started recording it's just it's a little bit too easy for us to go like right there <laughs> Yeah, you and I right there. To the core, to the gut. Big conversation. Because our son, by the way, everybody out there listening, she has a son at five degrees of Sag, and I have a son at five degrees of Gemini. 
okay? So we are exact opposite suns. So our personalities are essentially the exact same personality, <laughs> but in opposition. And we just get locked in where she's listening and she's like perceiving the wholeness of everything I'm saying. And then I'm like doing the little Gemini thing and like filling in all the story and like all the little details and, and like the meaning is elevating and like we're having this total like multidimensional conversation and, and yeah, we could just go on for a long time. <laughs> but it's written in the stars. It's right in our astrology chart. So there you go. I didn't know um, that. You didn't tell me that before. Well, why would I tell you that? It was a reading for you, not for me and you. I wasn't like comparing our charts. That so. was like totally one of the questions I wanted to ask you is like when you're reading these charts for other people, if you're completely like connecting like yourself with them at the same time, like do you, well, okay, so I, I have a couple of things here, but I guess in that, like, do you see a pattern of the types of charts that you read that come to you that seem to be connected with you? Mm -hmm. Yes, 100%. I, people come to me when they're waking up or they're just awakened or they're awake. Like I get all the spiritual people. I get the people who are like, oh my God, like I know there's more to life than this. Or, oh, the boiler pot just got popped off. And now I'm like, oh, what? Like, I just need someone to tell me this is real. Please just tell me this is true. I get that kind of person. Yeah. I get, yeah, I get very like set. spiritually alive people, awakened people. That's what, that's what draw I have. So in that, um, and we kind of touched on this before. I'm just, I'm curious to know that like, as an astrologer, I mean, within my own work, it's, you know, I've got folks who come to me with different marketing things or different areas within their business that aren't working. And it's always a fine line of like me telling them what they need to do versus kind of um, letting them come to that on their own and or directing them into you know a place where they can discover that for themselves because of course when someone else tells us something that's cool and great sometimes depending upon the person we suck that in but of course if we find that on our own then that's an entirely different experience mm -hmm. so how do you navigate that with astrology and and reading charts for folks um, well, I do two different kinds of offerings. I do a, like a like a package offering where I work with someone more deeply over four sessions, and then I just do a one-off. In a in a ninety-minute session, you have to give a little bit more information to someone because they might never come back again. So, I try to like I'm I'm trying to give them the map, but I'm not doing all the talking. Like, do you remember we would have more of a conversation in our reading, right? And I'm I'm tracking you, so I'm tr I'm I'm really connecting to your life, your your truth, your story, your experiences, and then I'm trying to overlay the chart so that I can help you see yourself with a little bit more clarity, right? And identify. I'm I'm trying to help you identify the different places on your on your map or in your destiny that you've already identified, your, so you can feel them. And, and we try to like always bring it back to you, like always bring it back to your lived experience, your felt sense, your knowing. And, and I just try to sh gently overlay the structure so that I affirm what you know already. Like I shouldn't actually ever tell someone something that they don't know, ever. I, I don't do that kind of astrology. I've been to astrologers like that. Mm -hmm. 
and it's like an, you're like getting taught something and it's very intelligent it's very intellectual but it doesn't land inside the body like it's yeah. it, there's no heart there's no soul there's no transformation there's no there's no embodiment it's just mind right lots and lots of information for an hour and a half and then you have to go and oh well what does that mean <laughs> this is not that kind of this is not what i do with people so on a one-off though there's less time so we do it more quickly like i do like i have to give you more like i have to push it a little bit more but when we do um like a like a four session it's almost then it becomes more like astrological therapy we take our time we go very deep people can have really profound understandings they can really understand how their psychological complex that their karmic complex and their soul's growth evolutionary intention is literally playing out in the relationships in their life and in the situations and they can start to feel that and see that and understand the patterns and get a sense of of, of more spaciousness inside themselves or more self-control right like and that's the work i really like to do i like to watch someone go from coming in super anxious like just frustrated pulling their hair out not knowing how to manage this why does this keep happening what's wrong with me there's something wrong with me like this is like the state of people's there's something wrong with me they'll think right surely i'm effed up because i can't figure this out and i keep doing the exact same thing getting exact same results and help me please and then we gradually kind of like wind in and start inquiring and asking and questioning and questing and exploring and sharing and it, it gets deep like we go really deep in with with each other and into deep intimacy i become friends with every single person that i do a package with and then i cry when i have to say goodbye i don't want to say goodbye <laughs> no i feel the same way about my clients <laughs> <laughs> right you're like you're like i'm in love with you how do i how do i live without you now it's yeah. all this cancer in my chart but it's so like i don't think i i don't necessarily tell them like but i'm holding their hand like and like i'm right in the deep end with them like and i'm and i'm encouraging them and i'm tracking them you have this thing in your chart that is similar to me you have neptune on the moon exact degree right so Neptune signatures like that when we have Neptune and a personal planet very close where I have Neptune Sun opposition You have Neptune moon conjunction So it gives you almost a supernatural ability to be sensitive To another or sensitive in some in some very um, Mystical and mysterious way if you are in your soul if you're not you're delusional <laughs> You're making a lot of you're making shit up. So if you're not in your soul or in your in your clear self, in your sovereign self or in your witness self, then then Neptune can play some tricks on you. But for me, Neptune opposite my son gives me the ability to really go into someone and hold them in this space where I can feel them, I can shape shift into them, I know them, and I can guide them and I can feel like literally when they are in alignment, when they got it, and then I can just that's it do you feel that right like and i can kind of like pulse it for them and, and just affirm it for them and help them and sometimes like i've just seen amazing things happen for people and every person's different as well anna like you can't it's it's not a cookie cutter yeah. everybody brings their own reality to the table and i'm there to serve the highest good of every client who comes to me so whatever they need that's in their highest good i will try to i will try to honor that 
That's my only prayer. I love that. What about negative information? Or is there even negative information? Like, how do you... I don't think about it. Like, I don't see negative information. I don't know how to read negative information. Like, I'll tell you the truth about a character flaw, if you want to say flaw, a character challenge. Like, I've said some pretty on the edge stuff to some people. And I'm always like, should I say this? But my intuition is telling me to say this. And I'm going to say this in the I'm like, oh, it's going to come out of my mouth now. And I'm trying to say it really nicely. Sometimes <laughs> not. But mostly not. And most of the time I'm listening more than I'm talking to. Like they're telling, I know I'm talking like a, a lot today. But um, I tried, I'm trying to learn how to like mostly listen and receive and, and pointing things out, you know, gently gently it's it's not supposed to hurt yeah yeah okay lady so um i want to be respectful of time so i want to ask like one more question and then we're going to jump into the lightning round okay i don't know what keeps happening with my lighting but whatever okay so how is astrology relevant in today's world Wow, I love this question so much. Oh my God, I love this question because I truly believe that we are going through a massive awakening on the planet. And what that means isn't that like, like what is awakening? Well, you guys, you and I have been talking about that since the very first question you asked me. It is really not that magical, right? No, it's, it's pretty really dirty. <laughs> like standing up. <laughs> Stand up, people start to see what you're tied into like what what's the truth like stand up that's all it is crow magnan man like just stand right up that's it wake up stand up that's it simple and we're all going through this awakening and part of the awakening i believe is an understanding of our interconnectedness like as we move into this age of aquarius or whatever they like to call it it's, it's almost like we're learning how to understand ourselves, our own sovereignty, and our interconnectedness with our, each other, and then our interconnectedness with all of life itself. And that includes our planet, because we're going to have to learn how to be on the planet in a more respectful manner, right? And we're going to have to learn how to live with each other in a more respectful manner so that everybody gets a fair shake to be themselves. Nobody has to be a slave. Nobody gets their power taken away. Everybody has a right to be free here. This is life. This is the, the universal rule. So as long as we're follow, if we're following universal law, that's the law. And so the other law is that there is, there is no separation. The way I treat myself is how I treat you. And the way I treat this earth is how I treat myself. And so there's this interrelatedness. And one of the things I think astrology is so good at is proving to us that there is an interrelatedness. It's like, I like to say it, it proves to us that magic is real. (laughs) And it proves to us that there is more that meets the eye. There's more than our small S self knows about this planet and about this reality and that that is magical and that that's attainable and it's accessible and it's actually quite simple right and so it's a really beautiful bridge i think to getting to know who you really are 
and to understanding yourself from a, like a more centered heart space and loving yourself and caring about yourself and honoring who you like that's it that's that's the name of the game and so if astrology can help with that if it can help you fall in love with yourself and help you wake up great and that's the purpose of it right now it can also help us explain global events a little bit it kind of helps us explain the collective movements and the things that are going on and there's a, like so many astrologers that do amazing work out there like there's this group called um astrology hub that's really amazing they've got all these astrologers that give all these incredible talks and you can be a member and you can do all this stuff and there's like tons of astrologers out there. there's like there's this resurgence of astrology it's everywhere now it's just super popular yeah it's been really interesting i mean over the years to watch it just like blow up blow up but, I'm but I, I think that those are the two primary reasons that I feel like it's blowing up is, is A, to wake us up and prove that we're interconnected and B, to help us fall in love with ourselves, to help us understand that we have a self that matters. It's on pur a purposeful self. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I love that. Our, um, my last guest, uh, Roger uh, Lockshear, he's a shaman and we were definitely talking about um, how how that is happening right now in regards to us awakening to the fact that we are all connected and that if we actually understood that like literally the moment that we would understand like suffering would end it would be over you know it gets me so excited every time i even like wrap my brain around that like my heart literally just kind of like bursts inside of itself yeah Okay, so you ready for the lightning round? Okay. <laughs> All right, four questions. So number one, yeah. what is the one habit you can't live without? The one habit I can't live without seems to be, well, uh, coffee. <laughs> <laughs> coffee works, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> okay, uh, number two, maybe we already covered this, but what does spirituality mean for you? Um, living from my heart, living in integrity. That. What is your advice to anyone who's looking to find their purpose or soul, con soul connection? Uh, lis listen to themselves. Go inside. Okay. And ask for help. You know, I think there's a power in asking, always setting, asking, asking for help. You, they, there's a host and legion of angels and helpers and all sorts of beings, but if the, if you don't actually give your permission, they won't help. So I believe in asking for help. Yeah, I second that for sure. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> um, and then finally, where can people connect with you online? Ooh, um, my website is probably the first step. It's uh, sarahaliceastrology.com. I have a Facebook page that is Sarah Elise Astrology or something thereabouts. <laughs> I have an Instagram that is Sarah Elise Astrology. I'm not very Instagrammy though. So that's not necessary. It's not a very interesting place to find me, but there are a few pictures up there. Yeah. And but um, I do every month um, do a lunar. I try to do two a month. I try to do one on the new moon and the full moon, but sometimes I miss the full moon because the energy is so big and I just don't feel like I can hold it. 
So I always do a new moon newsletter drop where I articulate the lunar cycle for the month and the and the like the archetypal energetic pulse of the month. And then I also put out a video that describes that. And so I have a YouTube channel as well, filled with videos that talk about things. And the things about my videos is they're not really just about the lunar cycle. Like there's a lot of esoteric information in there. Like I talk a lot about the structure of consciousness and how to articulate consciousness and how to work with your own consciousness. and a lot of that stuff um, through the archetypes and through through the lens of astrology and so if you're interested there all of those videos are on my website and my Im embedded in my newsletters and they're also on my youtube channel awesome i was going to make sure you mentioned your newsletters because they're so good <laughs> thanks thank you uh, you can sign up for them on my website yes yes yeah all right, Sarah, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. I so appreciate it. <laughs> um, all right, folks, this wraps up today's episode. Now I'm curious to hear, what did you learn about evolutionary astrology? Find me on Instagram or Facebook at Soldier and Podcast or shoot me an email at soldierandpodcast at gmail.com. I would love to talk with you. And if you enjoyed today's message, please leave me a review on iTunes. Share this episode with those you love. Be sure to sign up for the email list. And don't forget, when we invest in ourselves, the world benefits. Until next week. <laughs>